Welcome back to The Right Angle. Mo is here to ask questions of G-Man, who, as we know, was on Route 66. So let's just dive right in. When did you leave? And, well, I won't ask all the questions at once, but when did you leave and where did you start the route? We left last Thursday and we started the route probably just below Chicago. Uh, it starts in Chicago, but we weren't packing when we left. So uh, we decided to avoid the war zone of Chicago. And we started uh, just south of there and uh, headed out west from there. And so is there, do you know, is there like an official, you're starting, if you went like downtown or wherever, does it have an official start or does it just sort of, I don't know, appear? Well, that's a good question because I don't know if they have an actual starting point in Chicago because, like I say, we we didn't want to we wanted to avoid the carjackings and things, so we we went around that part um, throughout the whole time that we were on Route 66. There were a lot of times that it was hard to find Route 66 because it was decommissioned. I don't know, 20 years ago. And therefore, the signs were haphazard here and there. So what we had to do was we would get on, it would say historic Route 66. We would get on that and we would have to keep watching every time there was a, a stop sign or a turn when we would turn to make sure that we were still on Route 66. Wow. So, so did they had did they have at least signs like your signs at the side of the road like you would pass when you're on I-75 or I-4 or whatever? Yes. That's what they had. They had the historic Route 66 sign brown and white and uh that's what we would always look for when we could find them. There was a lot of times that there was many miles that we were hoping that we were on 66 and, and weren't really sure because we hadn't seen any signs. But we were able to, to – it's pretty much – it used to be a straight shot pretty much from Chicago all the way down through that area to San, you know, San Bernardino. Yeah. So because of that, we just kept going west on these roads and – we only had to backtrack, I think, two or three times okay. to get back onto the right Route 66. And the whole thing is a two-lane road, one lane each direction? Or is it four lanes, two lanes each direction? There was some areas where it was two lanes each direction. Now, what they did was they started Route 66 in, I think, 1906, I think, and 1906 to 1920, they had done a route. And then from 20 to to 40, they did another route. So hmm. there were two different times that they had either added to it or, or ran off of it from the old stuff. I don't know. We were on probably, I would say, maybe 200 miles of the original pavement oh. of route 66 of which by the way people 
they paved it for one and a half cars. I don't know why. <laughs> it was not. It was not your typical two-lane highway on that. It was definitely like about a car and a half. And I suppose back then, you know, you would just if you had a if you ever had a car coming at you yeah. back in the forties, um, you would just go off the side of the road, and if the other car wouldn't wouldn't yield to you. What was the condition of the pavement on that two hundred miles? Fantastic. Huh. Yeah, it was it was unbelievably good on most of it going through the original mileage. Now that could be because, you know, uh seventy years ago or whatever, eighty years ago, there wasn't a lot of truck traffic probably. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, maybe there was, but they weren't, you know, thirty, forty thousand pound trucks. Right. Back then they had the you know, the single cab truck type stuff and they didn't probably degrade the roads like the trucks do now when they when they travel on them was the speed limit 55 and how fast did you generally go um yeah it was 55 on the original areas occasionally it was 45 depending on you know going through the towns and stuff because of course 66 went through a lot of towns when, when when they made it because yep. the towns were there and whatnot. But, yeah, 55 usually. And when we were on it, we didn't go 55. You know, we were going like 45 or something because we're looking around, looking yeah. at, you know, different things. And stuff. Not that there was a lot of structure on them, but it was a very pleasant drive for the first maybe 600 miles. Okay. So – uh, one other general question then, was there much traffic overall? No, not on Route 66. Okay. Where where Route 66, there's many, many, many miles of Route 66 that parallels literally Highway 44. Oh. Which is, um, you know, which is a major highway. Yeah. So we would be, we would be coming back from where we stopped and we could look off to the right, and 66 just periled it, and uh, we we decided we weren't gonna we weren't gonna watch people on the highway going 40 miles. We're going 40 while they're yeah. going 80, and we just went on the highway. And if we saw anything cool or important on it, we'd turn off and and go look at it. What made this first 600 miles? So that that basically took you. Southwest through Illinois and then into Iowa? No, no Iowa. Oh, Illinois, no Illinois, Missouri. Okay. Uh, Missouri, a little bit of Kansas City. Let's see, we ended up in Oklahoma. Most of it, a lot of it was Missouri. Okay. And then, uh, let me see, what's right next to Missouri? Yeah, Kansas. Um, little bit of Kansas. Just okay. a touch of Kansas and that we went through on that. Oklahoma, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe there might have been. I'm trying to think. I am too. Uh, <laughs> let me see what else was there. The, the, the interesting thing is, is that as we were going down 66, we didn't know what state we were in <laughs> because, because it was, it wasn't marked as such when it was route 66. It was like, you know, you're entering Oklahoma now, you know, that was, that was only, on Highway 44, where you knew 
that you were going from Oklahoma back into Missouri or or Kansas or or wherever that was. So, yeah, I just um, pulled up a map, and it's yeah, it, it goes southwest through Illinois, and then as you said, basically across Missouri, just that tiny bit of Kansas, and then right into Oklahoma. Okay, so yeah. m- missing Arkansas. So you said yep. the first the first six hundred miles were. The first 600 miles of Route 66, if anyone ever wants to take it, it's very scenic, very picturesque, you know, windy roads, hills, um, very beautiful, very secluded, Mm. pretty much, and um, just an an enjoyable drive. I would not suggest anybody try to find Route 66 from maybe the toward the end of Missouri into Oklahoma. It's really hard hmm. to connect the dots from where the old 66 used to be and where they designated the other 66. I guess what you, you had mentioned about the decommissioned, and I guess the question is, A, why would they do that? And B, why would they make it so hard to to follow? Or maybe that's a result of the decommissioning. I, it might be that they decommissioned it. I'm pretty darn sure because they had that other highway that took its place, and I, I'm assuming that because why else would you decommission a, you know, a highway other than the fact that it was, it was pretty much, you know, done by that time, and you know the cars are getting faster and and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that, a lot of that road was literally one and a half pavements worth of, of, of car space. So. Hmm. So when, when you passed the car, you both had to sort of go onto the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. You would do it. We never had to, but you would have to do that if you did pass somebody or have somebody coming at you. One of you would have to go off on the side a little bit, uh, you know, so that you wouldn't crash when you were running into them toward them or whatever but yeah that first 600 miles was the easiest to navigate uh that's what my buddy did he navigated and I drove and thank god we did that because there there's no maps anymore that can tell you this is how you go not even not even the new atlases show you a lot of the areas of 66 that were decommissioned. And I suppose that's why, because they just put it, put them on there. I I suppose they wind up just being like, like streets as opposed to highways. And they don't have streets on a Atlas, you know, it's just highways and byways and things like that. It goes through and you go, it's 55 and then you get into a city. So it's 45, 35. And did you go through like, Cities that look like they had been forgotten. I mean, that's kind of the what you always think of, and stores that are closed, or was it touristy, or what's the overall vibe of the part? Well, that you were on. Most of the towns were were small to begin with. That were there. Uh, there was, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a there was a town in. Um, I believe it was Missouri called Depew. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and it was it was flat out dead, nothing in there. And there was a main street which we went down cuz you know 66 
used to go through it. Uh-huh. And when the new highway was put out, I don't know how many miles out that, you know, away from town, it just killed the town. Absolutely killed it. And it, it did, you know, I don't, I don't know, other than to say killed them, uh, you know, it just took everything away from the town. Five or six of them we'd go through and, and there might be, I don't know, maybe a VFW or maybe there might have been one, I think, that they did had a hardware, and that was it. Everything else was, was shut down, which was kind of sad. But uh, um, at the same time, it, uh, it was kind of neat because you could go through the town and kind of kind of guess what it used to be like. You know, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Forty years ago, when it was bustling and wow. had things there. The strange thing is, is people still live in those towns, and and as we went through them after about the third one, I was telling my buddy, I go, I go. I mean, you know, you and I can, you know, we travel to different places to buy stuff and things like that, five, 10 miles. They live in these towns. There's nothing there anymore. So they've got to go, I don't know how many miles to even get groceries. No grocery stores, no gas stations. You know, you got to go, you got to empty a quarter of a tank of gas to get your gas. And I don't, I don't know how people live like that. You wonder if they do it just because that's where they've always lived or there's some romanticized connection with the past? With the style of, and here's the other thing, mobile homes. Mobile homes are probably, I would say, literally 80% of the dwellings that people live in along Route 66. Wow. Mobile homes. And they're set up, they're set up like towns, like houses would be in a town, but they're mobile homes. And I, I could probably count on one fingernail, uh, any of them that looked worth living in. But we would drive by them and there would be three really nice looking cars parked in the you know, and what you would call a driveway, which it wasn't, but, you know, and the grass up by the thing. And I'm thinking, I said to my buddy, I said, those three cars probably are worth twice what this mobile home is, twice at least, what the home that they live in is, those three so, cars. So did you postulate why that is? Are the people, I mean, what, what when you say a nice car, like what? I mean, obviously not like Ferraris and Jaguars, but. No, you know, like an SUV, a Ford SUV or a Chevy, uh, you know, two door sedan or something like that. You know, all fairly decent, you know, not too many that we saw. eh, We saw a couple that were rusty and whatever and some really bad towns. But but a lot of them had very decent cars and and I said to my buddy, I said, can I, I'm going to go up and knock on that door and say, hey, I'm going to write a book. And I just want to see <laughs> yeah. what you do day to day. He goes, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> gonna, somebody, somebody will shoot us or something. And I was really, really curious to see what type of person lives in that squalor yeah. like that. I said, Man. you know, you, those guys, those people come home from, from a hard you know, two hours worth of work each day. 
and they come home to this pit, you know, and it doesn't bother them. It I showed you a super... picture, right, of those four yeah, apartments. Yeah, yep. it was I, I, that was so bad. Those and it said apartments for rent out in front on a hand painted <laughs> sign. It was so bad. I turned around to take a picture of it because I didn't think anyone wow. could visualize the squalor these people live in. So, how about where did you eat then? Every night we ate at a Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> you did? <laughs> oh yeah. We, what we did was we planned it to be in a civilized area, to because we we had to sleep at night, so we stayed in you know a a, a Clarion or a Hampton. I can't remember. You know, one of those things, and uh, and then we would make sure that there was a place where there's something besides Mexican food. Yeah, which is seemed to be what the little shops and things were along the road. And there's no way on God's earth that I would ever eat in a Mexican restaurant on Route 66. So, no, did you stop at all at any shops, restaurants? Uh, yes. Yeah. What What he wanted to do was he brought his uh, iPad, and along he would, uh, you know, along the highway there would be a certain thing that was still there. Like, say, for instance, um, a gas station. It was usually gas stations. Yeah. And they were fixed up like a historic marker. Hmm. And we, I don't know, we stopped at seven or eight gas stations that were along the way. Uh, we stopped at um, a couple of, like, those big people, you know, like Paul Bunyan. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, those 16-foot people like that. There was the world's largest covered wagon Ooh. that we stopped by. There was uh, the world's largest belt buckle uh, <laughs> that, that, that we saw. There is uh, eight feet high, I think. And um, uh, the, the belt buckle was in uh, the town of Uranus. Okay. <laughs> and we had to stop there. We didn't know the largest belt buckle in the world was there, but we had to stop there because Uranus had a fudge factory, and they said they'd pack your fudge. <laughs> So uh, we had to stop. I mean, there were there were there were billboards like eight yeah. or ten miles out from that. So right. we had to stop right. and do this, and and uh, it was it was actually quite a hoot to to go in and and see the 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 fudge factory. Yeah. So did you talk to the people much and ask them any questions or? Yes, we. Uh, there was a, a gas station. That was in, uh, I think, it was in one of the Missouri towns when we first started going out. And I'm not, can't remember. I'd have to look again. But there was a lady that worked. You know, they 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 sell you all the trinkets and stuff, the Route 66 yep. hats and keychains and stuff. And she was in there, very very extremely nice lady. Her name was Edith, and she said she had she grew up in that town. And she's been married 64 years to the same guy. She ran or she worked in a restaurant and he worked in a gas station their, their whole lives. The town was probably, with, without any exaggeration, it might have been four streets. Okay. And I didn't see any commerce anywhere. Yeah. 
and I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to sound like a jerk and go, hey, where where do you go get your milk or you know what about yeah. your gas or whatever? I mean, he worked in a gas station. I didn't see any around there, except the one that she was in that doesn't work anymore. So, um, but yeah, you know, down to earth people, and we went to another gas station that was on Dead Man's Curve, not the one Ooh. in California, yeah, where Jan Barry got crushed in there from Jan and Dean, all you people. This was, uh, they had a dead man's curve there. And the reason they called it that was because there used to be a house on the curve there. And so many people hit it at night that they got rid of it. Hmm. So I don't know how many people died that didn't, that didn't, they didn't say that, but, uh, um, that was kind of interesting. Were there many like, flea bag hotels or whatever that you could have stayed at with the no vacancy and vacancy signs flashing. Yes. There were, there were several of those actually that you had the, the one row, you know, it's just yep. one story, you know, you walk in and that's it. There were several of those that people were staying at because there were cars in front of each door that did that. But none of them looked like anything that you wouldn't walk out of without carrying some kind of insect on your clothing or your bag that you left in there. So, so we would not, we would not venture into those areas to do that. And so when you went to civilization for the, the night, how far off of route 66 was it generally? Well, the, um, the first night it was probably only maybe three miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you could see the city off, you know, on the horizon, and we would go over there, and and then we'd stay the night there, and then we'd get up in the morning, and uh, and then find out where Route 66 picked up on the other side of that town. Okay. And and moved along there. Like I say, sometimes it was very difficult to find it, and and know that you were on the right path after having done that. But like I say, I think we only doubled back three times to. To get to where so we were going. Where did you stay? So you left Thursday. So yep. where did you stay Thursday night? Thursday night, it was in uh, Missouri somewhere. Uh, I think it was uh, Fairview Hotel. Okay. Uh, I, I The towns are a blur as to where we <laughs> stayed. Because, yeah. because the towns, the, the, the hotels that we stayed at, weren't the key to the drive. It was, it was a safety valve so that, you know, we didn't get infested with insects. <laughs> right. It was it, that, that's all that was. It was the drive on 66 to get there. That was the, you know, the, the key thing to do. So, okay. That we were so doing. the fir f first night, Missouri, and the second night, was it through Missouri? Yeah, no, it, still it was, okay. yeah, it was probably at the, far right side eastern side of missouri the second night was the far western side of missouri okay. because missouri was the was the for all of you people out there that want to do it that's the great part of route 66 oh, that's the okay. you know the small roads the you know all of the uh, civilization quote unquote air quotes that is along that route and uh, so we went very slowly uh, through Missouri to just catch all of the 
the sites and, and things that, that were going on around there, which wasn't a lot, but, you know, at the same time, it, it, it's a good drive. Um, and so how was the weather? There was only one day where it rained for half a day, and it was just a light rain. The rest of the time it was it was cloud, just partly cloudy, and then there two day and a half it was sunny. So the weather wasn't bad, and the weather didn't put a damper on anything as far as that went. It just just briefly that one time, and the rest of the time it was actually it got really quite warm as we got toward the end of our first half of the trip. And, and it was very nice in Oklahoma. So, and so you, so Friday, so Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday you get into Oklahoma and how far, so how far did you go? Where did you stop? We went 1200 miles from, from where we started to Oklahoma Amarillo. Just, just yeah. oh, the side wow. of Amarillo. Yeah. Just the side so of Amarillo, Amarillo. Texas. Yes. Texas. Oh, wow. All right. Yep. And so, so that was literally halfway pretty much, yep, it looks like. Yep. Yeah. That was halfway. And that and was your predetermined, this is where we're going to stop? Correct. Okay. Correct. So what we did or what he wanted to do was when we were um, getting our fudge packed in Uranus, we <laughs> we got one of those things where they stretch the penny in the machine. Have you ever oh, seen Yeah. Those? Where you stretch yeah. the penny. Well, we got one that said Route 66. He stretched it out. And then we went to a place, I can't remember the town, in Texas uh, to find something to put the penny in because we were going to bury it oh. at, at one of the roadside uh, deals, yeah. which, was a, which was a leaning uh, water tower. Oh. You know, it leaned to one side. So we found that water tower, and he said, we got to find something to put this, this stretchy penny in. So he went into this, into this, again, if tumbleweeds went down the middle of the street, you'd say <laughs> they belong here. Yeah. Nothing, nothing in this town hardly except this stop-and-go place, you know, where you, like a Minimart or something yeah. like that. He went in there, and he said, oh, here's – you remember those old tins of shoe polish, those round yeah. tins? Yeah. He goes, oh, here's one. He could, and, he, and he picked it up, and he went over to pay for it, and he, and he shook it. And he goes, oh, that's, that's weird. It, there's something in here. He said, but all I need is the tin. So he brought it out. He unscrewed it. And that, that tin of shoe polish had been in that store so long that that, that round thing of shoe polish shrunk. Yeah. It, oh, it, it, for, from being there that long to half the size it was. <laughs> so because he was thinking, how am I going to scoop this out with my hand and get black and crap all over it? All he had to do was open it up and flip it out <laughs> oh, because it wasn't even touching it. It was just a little round hockey puck. And uh, it was in that store that long, and they were going to sell it the way it was. So if Man. you had cowboy boots and you wanted to yep. polish them, you were out of luck with that can. <laughs> So anyway, we put it in the can, went out to the leaning tower of water, as I called it, and uh, he starts digging in it in this hole that's already made there. And he goes, "Wait a minute!" He goes, "This kind of looks like a rattlesnake hole." <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> and and I said, "Well, um, don't dig any further. Just put it in the hole, 
and we'll cover it up from there. And uh, yeah. no, no snake came out. Uh, he might have been out eating at the moment, but uh, we put it in there, buried it. And so next year, when we do the second half, yeah, we will come down from where he lives in the Midwestern states of America and pick it up from there, get our penny, and then go on to San Bernardino. <laughs> wow. So, and did you put a marker or will you know where it is? We'll know where it is because we counted the fence posts. It was right oh, next gosh. to a fence that, oh, that was awesome. on it, next to a farmer's field or whatever. But while we were driving, uh, and, and this, was, this was pretty much just almost after we got into Missouri, I, I noticed, I don't know why I do this, but I'm always looking at dead animals on the side of the road <laughs> to see what they are, like I did yeah. in Florida when I was down there for vacation last year. And, and I was driving along, I go, what, the, what was that? So, I, of course, again, I turn around, I go back. <laughs> it's an armadillo. Oh, classic. An armadillo. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I thought armadillos were only in Texas. You know, and it, of course, sadly, it was dead. Uh, so we took off and we go again. From that dead armadillo to Amarillo, Texas, we saw eight <laughs> dead armadillos on the side of the road. Eight. So I'm thinking to myself, people down in this area probably just think that they're they're like uh, raccoons, like they are up here. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. an everyday occurrence. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure an armadillo is a lot slower than a raccoon, and yep. henceforth there were eight dead ones on the road <laughs> as we were going along there. Wow. So you got to Amarillo after counting eight dead armadillos, and yeah. then did you, you spent the night and then just came back on the expressways? Yep, yep, came back on the expressway. So did uh, you come back in two days then? We came back in one day. Whoa. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Were you making time or did you drive? Because that's about uh, eight, 16 hours, isn't it? E, not in my car. No. <laughs> it's 75. It's yeah. 75 on that highway. And uh, it's, um, you know, everybody wasn't going 75. They were okay. going 80, 85 of... miles an hour. And wow. uh, we, yeah, we we made it back in good time. So... Uh, we figured, we figured if we got close, why bother wasting the money and time to stay overnight? We just we just come back, oh, okay, and, and and get back and be done with it. So, gotcha. Um, so so next time you'll drive straight there like you did coming back, and then pick it up and continue right. on. We'll be in the Midwest, uh, uh, in the middle of America when we start next time. We'll go down from there and then head out to San Bernardino from there Okay. on, on what will probably be the best part of Route 66 because from, from Texas to California, everything on the highway of Route 66, according to the guy that wrote about it, um, is still standing somewhat because, because there's no snow, uh, hardly any rain, and just hot temperatures. So... Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot more big people signs and 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 you know gas stations and and all that kind of stuff along the way. While while we were in Missouri, there were two. 
there were two businesses that I couldn't help but write down so I would remember it. Right. One was the Cramalot storage. <laughs> Instead of Camelot, it was Cramalot. Yeah, Cramalot storage. It had a sword like Camelot yeah. on there. And the other one was Leaky's Big Dump. <laughs> <laughs> I go, come on, was, really? There's a guy that? named Leaky, you know, and he's yeah. got a big dump here, you know, and it's... it's so uh, a dump as in where you put your yes, yes. trash and stuff. Exactly. Big dump. I hope anyway. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Never went to look for it, but uh, there was another sign uh, in, I think it was, I wrote it down, it was Bridge, Bridgeport, Oklahoma. We went into this town and it literally was an intersection. There was a post office there that hadn't been used in what looked like 50 years. And there was four corners, nothing there. There might've been mobile homes on the outskirts or whatever, but that was it. And there was a sign as you were coming into town and it said, no discharging of firearms within city limits. <laughs> so I'm thinking that might have been back, you know, during a little bit of the wild, not the wild west, but back when people were more carefree with their firearms. Yeah. So did you pass any uh, electric car charging stations? Um, no. No. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think if there were any charging stations anywhere around there. No, no place uh, did I ever see any of those. Man, uh, any things. any wind uh, turbine farms or solar yes fields? Yep, yep. There was, oh really? Uh, there was maybe two uh, that were way off in the distance that that did have the the windmills. Okay, and and, and that was it on that. Hmm. Uh, the there were on Route sixty six no billboards. Really, no billboards. And no big box stores ever. On yeah. None. None. What there was at every, as you came into the town coming east toward west on 66, every single town that we came into had a Dollar General store hmm. on the outskirts. Always, yeah. always as you're coming into town, it was right there, Dollar General. On, were on, there generally cars in the parking lot? Yeah, there, well, there were, you know, two or three, you know, each time we would come in there. But that was their, that was probably their grocery store where they went to get their dinners of, you know, hostess hohos and, and things yeah. like that. Because the people that lived in those towns looked like their diet wasn't really good. <laughs> Nor did oh, they man. sell shampoo at yeah. the Dollar General's. It was, it wow. was... Yeah, it was interesting. Different. We we saw the we went to Mickey Mantle's that was part of uh, right off of Route sixty six. Literally, uh, Mickey Mantle's home t uh, house that he grew up in, and the side of a metal building next door to his house where he would hit baseballs into the mm. metal siding and make dents. Oh, cool! And they had a sign that said Mickey did this. Or whatever, <laughs> and and that we only know that because that's what it said on his home that yeah he hit baseballs over there. And I thought to myself, that's the ultimate cultural shock for anybody to go 
from I think it was Cameron or something like that. The town was called to go from there to New York City and play yeah. baseball. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, it's it's wow. like oh my, you know, I, I don't know how anybody could do that, but apparently he did so and did it well. So did you what did you listen to the radio at all, or did you just converse, or what? No, what, we had uh, the time? we had sixties, uh, seventies oh. music on a yeah. you know one of those little things that you can do the streaming with. We threw that in the back seat, turned that on low because we're older and uh, didn't want it to interfere. But but like I say, really most of our conversation was where are we going, where is it at. Um, what's ahead, and then commenting on everything that we saw in between as far as the wildlife or, as I would say, the, the population that lived along Route 66. And um, there, uh, the, the, the other, I was saying that, that we talked to another guy that was at a gas station that did that as, you know, a uh, favor to the town to be sitting there and tell people, you know, what it was like back whenever, because he was yeah. probably 70 some years old. And he said, there's a map on the wall in the gas station and there's a pin for every area where a person came through that town hmm. at that gas station. And I'll, I'll bet there was uh, 2000 pins in it Oh wow! from all over the world. Oh, wow. World. He said that day when we were there, he said about an hour earlier, somebody from Singapore had come through and was looking at that stuff. And he, wow. says, he says France, Germany, all Europe, they all come yep. through here. And, and, and uh, yeah. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Overall impressions of the first half of your uh, trip, was there anything that stood out that was either a surprise or that confirmed what you had thought when you came up with this idea? The only surprise was, as I say, trying to find the road. <laughs> yeah. Because even though they decommissioned it, you would think that they, I think what they did was they actually probably just tore up a lot of the, of the old Route 66 when they put 44 through there, paralleling it. And, uh, they, and it was hard to find those areas. And there were a couple of areas where we didn't even go on it because as I say, going west, even, we would be on the highway and we would see Route 66 off to the right. And there's just nothing there. It's just the road. One interesting thing is, is as we were coming out of Missouri on Route 66, the actual Route 66, it separated Route 66 from the highway by literally maybe eight feet oh my god grass so we're we're going west on 66 people are coming right at us going east on 44 going 75 miles an hour and it wasn't the it wasn't 10 feet because i looked at it i said i'll bet that's not a basketball hoop wow distance between our car and those semis coming at us that was only for like maybe two, three miles, but for two yeah. or three miles, I was looking for a bathroom because, <laughs> because, you know, they were that close. Gosh. And, and you said, and I said to my, to, to my buddy, I said, you know, they put up these 
cement barriers on these highways to yep. separate the cars and the site. I said, did they not think to do something, you know, maybe even just a fence, you know, but yeah. no, nothing, nothing. Man. So what sort of uh, people would you recommend take this trip? I would recommend, I, sorry, hate to be sexist, but I would never recommend two women going together. Okay. Uh, I would, I would, if a woman wants to do Route 66, always go with a guy just for, you know, safety's sake. And, you know, if you yeah. ever did break down, it wouldn't be pleasant if you're a woman and they had to fix a tire or whatever it was to do that. I would say not two women alone or a, certainly not a woman alone. I would say somebody that, that likes to go out and explore a different area of the United States because that's what it was. It was a, I I've been through more than half of the States in the United States and none of them uh, compare to the population that lives on route 66 from the lower part of Chicago through Missouri. Interestingly enough, uh, there were huge homes every once in a while out in the middle of nowhere, huge mm. homes. And I'm assuming that they're ranchers that maybe, that maybe ranch the, you know, or farm the fields and stuff around there. Although I didn't see anything that they were growing at the time, but they were monster homes that, you know, I had four or five car garages and they're set back maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a quarter of a mile off the road. And, you know, there, there was substantially enough of them to, to go, wow, you know, why was that done like that? Yeah. And, and how do they get electricity? I mean, oh, I guess you could, you could say the electricity was already there, but heating, I guess, I guess they do it propane. Uh, yeah. Cause there's no city, anything around those areas that, um, can support natural gas or anything like that. So far, is it uh, above, below, or near expectations? I, the first 600 miles was everything I'd hoped for. Okay. The, the, uh, from, from the, you go through that little tip of Kansas into Texas. Or was it Kansas and then Texas? To Oklahoma. No, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma was okay. Um, it was not as nice as that first part. And um, we didn't go into Texas too far anyway. I don't know, maybe 100, 200 miles, 100 yeah. miles or whatever. That wasn't real inspiring either. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm expecting, as I say, the last part of the trip next year will be a lot more interesting. Uh, and I, I'm the type of person that, that likes to drive, which is why I was driving. And I, I like to go out way out in the middle of nowhere anytime. And that was very pleasant for me to do that. And, and as I say, the first 600 miles, you're looking around going, Oh my God, look at that. You know, Oh, that, look at this, look at that. You know, this, it's not like what we're used to up here where everything's laid out in grids and, and right, you got all the right. stores and things like that around there. It's just amazing. Amazing to me that people, Live so far away from civilization in a house like that. 
I mean, think about it. You you come home to your house, you better have all your groceries, you know, yep. if you don't want to take a real long drive to go get more. You know, like you or I would go in, oh, I forgot my Coke. I'm going to run in and get it. It's around the corner. They don't do that. They don't do and And how about guests or inviting people over a right i would never invite anybody to a crap hole like they live in <laughs> most of them you know but if 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 you do you know you got to make a day of it yeah to go visit them out in the middle of nowhere man we were in rolla missouri this is my last thing i'll tell you about it all right unless you have something else but i had to oh, turn around for rolla. this all right there was a sign, and they had had a festival. It was on this sign that apparently they have every year because it's always August, I don't know, 21st through the 23rd. And it's the Testicle Festival. <laughs> and they call it the TestyFest.USA. And that's exactly what it is. It's a festival of eating... That oh, stuff. okay. And, yeah. and the, on the sign, it said BYO balls, you know, to the <laughs> festival. I suppose you bring them and then they'll deep fry them. And then yep. I, don't, I, I don't know how they do it, but, but I, I it, you know, just, you know, it's six foot by six foot <laughs> billboard sign once a year, the testicle festival. Uh, that's pretty that's cool. gross. That's gross. But, but that's middle America. You know, those those people like that kind of stuff. They they're into that crazy things, you know, Leaky's big dump and Cramalot storage. Yeah. It's it, it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. Yeah. Do you think if you would have stopped and asked a hundred people along that the miles that you traveled so far who they voted for or who they plan to vote for, do you think it was like Trump land or do you think it was like we never vote or that's what it would be vote yeah vote what do you mean what you mean you mean vote in an election for who that's probably probably what it was like for a lot of them in there i i look you know and i told my buddy i said you know these people probably are living superlative lives for themselves out here they, this is their life. They don't know anything else other than that. And I'm not. And I'm not trying to say they're stupid or anything like that. Even though they probably are. But they. This is their life, and this is how they want to live it. They. They want to live in the in this godforsaken squalor, and they'll come home every night like they do to those little. I like I said. I showed you that apartment complex. It was a trailer, with four apartments in it. That's basically what it was. And you come home to that. It blows my mind. I, I but but anyway, that that's you know, that's normal to them. That's what they do. As long as they got their beer and their pork rinds, they're they're happy. And they're probably laughing at me because I'm grinding it out my whole life, you know, to, to just because I want a stupid Ferrari and 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 they go, I'm I'm just as happy here as you are there. That's how it goes. Yep. That's how it goes mm. down along the Missouri Route 66 there. Uh, I highly recommend that much. 600 miles, you could do it, and you could probably do most of it in a day, and then 
spend the night in one of the good hotels and come back and get get a real feel of what it was like, you know, uh, 50, 60 years ago, traveling along there. Neat. Well, we will uh, look forward to the... And so are you going same time next year pretty much? We're going to go a little later next year, probably between Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's going to be oh, the really? hot yeah, part yeah, of, the, that's true. of the trip and probably the most interesting. And we'll, we'll take a little more time doing that one than we did this one. So We will transition. I've got three headlines. I heard, I heard, uh, I think I heard two of these on, on, uh, Megan Kelly and she didn't go into them and they're really not worth going into, but it was just examples of wokeness gone crazy. And one of them, the first one comes from our favorite college, not too far away from us. And they said that this university's college of law is concerned that their helmet, which has a certain symbol on it may trigger assault victims. So they're going to remove the team's mascot from all of their literature because they're worried that it could trigger people who have had assault in the past who have been assaulted. This helmet that's on yeah. this, this figure, they're going to get rid of it. Yep, they're going to get rid of it. Okay, just a second, just a second, real quick. <laughs> All right, next one comes from Clemson University. Take back pride at Clemson protest held after tampons removed from men's bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And here... (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. UNLV, University of Nevada, Las Vegas Law School, apologizes for using the word picnic, changes it to lunch by the lake, because <laughs> they're, they're due to diversity and inclusion concerns. Really? And what would that be? What, what, what sort of diversity did we step on? Let's see. Picnic was included in a Words, words Matter Task Force list of offensive words and phrases along with Brown bag, blacklist, and long time no see. Long time what? no see. Yeah. What is that? What, what would that have to do with anything? Oh, I, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm so sick now of all this crap. No see means you're saying they're blind. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Long time. That could be. Long time you've been blind. That's what it means. You've been blind for a long time. Oh my! They yeah, are. I could see that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Well, and there do you that. go. Solutions found. <laughs> we I listened to a uh, a speaker the other day, motivational speaker who was at a certain place, a uh, black gentleman who went blind early on in life and like overcame. And he's not a famous singer, but he's a good singer and he gives speeches and blah blah. And that that was good. And several times sort of in a half-joking way, although, I mean, not completely, he he can, he talked about himself as a chocolate, you know, a good-looking chocolate man because he was a black guy. And so, first, here's my question. Chocolate is a much more accurate color to describe most black people than black is. 
And would you say that vanilla is a closer color to what Caucasian people are than white? Yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say that probably would be. It's like the the black say cracker. Cracker yeah. is a color that's that's close to uh yeah. To, so to do you what think you are. would would you get like we had talked about before, would you get in trouble if you called someone chocolate or if you referred to yourself as vanilla? I mean, should that be a thing that we now like push? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Well, I <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I might get shot if I called a black person chocolate. But <laughs> yeah, but if a black person called another black person chocolate, then it's no problem. That's that's one of those weird things. Well, the black people call each other the N word all the time. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. they can do. In essence, they can do anything they want, say anything they want to us, but we can't say anything to them other than saying, you know, you're an African. Yeah. American. I'm ah. sorry. I didn't go all the way with that one, but but yeah. It's Yeah, that was yeah, that was interesting. The the I, I've come up with a new or a, a hyphenated part. Well, it, I just come up with a new word like I was thinking democrap. Yeah. And it should be hippocrap. Because that's what they Ooh. are. They're all hippocrats. Yeah. Hippocrats. That's a perfect combination. Public school people. But yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. They're hypocrites of everything that they do and say. You do it this way, but we can do it this way. Um, you know, blah blah blah, back and forth. It's and 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 I've I told people we're getting tired of it. You know, we've played along with it too long, but we we're starting to play along with it too much, and we're we're gonna we are gonna turn the tables back. Just like, I don't know, I suppose in the 60s they said it was, here's my air quotes, violent in the 60s. The 60s mm-hmm. were nothing like what today's times are, are like. Yeah. And, yeah. and people with the lawlessness and all that stuff, I hate to get off track here, but, but we're, we're getting tired of it. I was told today by a friend of mine who knows him, went to school with him. Do you know Steve Garvey, the first baseman for yep. the Los Angeles Dodgers? He's running yes. for senator in California. Really? Yeah. He said, he told him, he said, I'm sick and tired of people using the streets for bathrooms, for injecting themselves, doing whatever they want in front of me and my kids and my kids' kids. He says, so, so I'm going to run for senator, and if I win, look out. Oh. So my my th- first thought when I heard that was I said, oh my gosh, if he does win, that means the people are fed up with it in California, and they they don't want that anymore, so they're going to vote for him. If they don't vote for him, then I'm going to tell my relatives to leave because <laughs> all all hope is lost. Wow, he's not a young guy. He's got to be in his early seventies. Yeah. Yep. Okay. In his seventies, you know, I, I say great. I'm sure he probably looks like he's sixty because you know he was one yep. of those, you know, uh, good-looking guys in, in in sports and all that. But but if he if he ran one term, and yeah, and, and that's all he needs to clean it up because people like that, he'd be like Trump instantly. He would know what to do, when to do it, and where to do it. He said, "This is what we're going to do. Do it. If you don't." There will be consequences now. Yep. Wow, that's cool. 
Yeah, I was good, good very inspired him. by that. So good for him that somebody well, I, said I'm tired of it. You know, I think it happened maybe when you were gone, but I don't know when the election was in Louisiana for governor, and the Republican got more than fifty percent in the primary, so he is the new governor, taking it away from the hippocrats. So that was a good pickup. I, but I know that Louisiana is pretty much red anyways. I think their legislature. So oh, that was good. Okay. All right. Well, as long as I keep them. And I'll be very interested in California with all yep. of the elections that are going on there. And interesting only in the fact that because so many people left and whatever people are left in California, are they the people that will still vote for idiocy? I or know. Are they it's... the ones that are saying that that we want to stay here, but we're tired of what's happening? It will be very yeah. interesting to see. It will be how they, you know, how they vote there. Yep, for sure. Hey, uh, so a few minutes left. Have you? It was raining a little bit when I got to work this morning, and I was walking in from the parking lot. Have you ever? It's not really a, a real life controversy, but. People who say when it's raining, if you walk, you get less wet than if you run. Have you ever heard of that theory? I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. So where do you come down on that? So the theory for everyone out there, or I guess it's not really a theory. It's it's provable that when you run, you necessarily are going to come in contact with more raindrops because you're moving more distance in a given amount of time. Whereas if you walk, you're going to run into less. And then the flip side being, you're also going to be out in the rain longer to run, let's say, 100 yards. Or if you walk 100 yards, you're going to be out in the rain longer. So do you really get less wet? Where do you come down on that heated controversy? I actually, believe it or not, I, I had thought about that when I heard that the first time <laughs> I heard that. And this is exactly what I thought when that when that person said that, I said, how do you know if you're wetter or drier by running or walking? How do you, how do you measure that? Yeah. You, you, you can't do it by the raindrops because by the time you count them, they'll be dry on your body. Yeah. So is, is there a measure to be able to tell between one and the other? I, I think my, if you're asking me if one or the other is better, I'd say no. I say, so you, you, if it's raining, you know, raining hard or mildly, you're going to get just yeah. as wet walking okay. as you will running. I just thought of what might be a, what if, what if you had two people, let's say it's raining moderately hard and you have two people in, I mean, they're in rain gear, so they don't care how wet they get, but they're each carrying a sponge like in their hand or on a stick or something. So it will take the full force of the rain. One of them walks for however far, one of them runs for however far, then they go undercover and then they squeeze their sponges into two separate measuring cups. Well, that, that I never thought of that. That might be a way to, to test it. I mean, <laughs> well, you I may have to try that. Yeah. You don't have to count the raindrops when you do that, but yeah, but I would, uh, um, I would try that. And see All right. what it did. That, that I, could make a. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, uh, I can tell you this, and I know this for a fact. I I've got a convertible, and yeah, uh, 
if I've been in the rain once and the faster I go, the less wet it gets in the interior of the car. I wonder, is that because the windshield now that, blocks it? Yeah. They hit them and they just bounce yep. over. Right. They're coming to, down, oh, but I'm yeah. going fast enough. I'm going faster than the raindrop is coming down. So it never hits me on the inside when I'm going, I don't know, 50, I think, or something like that. So I have done that and uh, not intentionally, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I've done that and I go, hey, hey, I'm not getting wet until I slow down. I assume not that you would have a convertible open in the winter when it was snowing, but I assume it would be the same phenomena. M much more so, I would think, because snow yeah. is so slow. Yeah, I wouldn't think it would ever touch you with snow. Right. As far as that goes. It, it, it's cool when you drive through snow and it. You, the illusion is that it's coming at you where, of course, it's just falling straight down and you're going at it. But when you can like pick out individual snowflakes and see what they're really doing, that can be, obviously, if you're not the one driving, that can be a pretty cool uh, visual thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's what they're doing. They're falling. They're not coming at you. Unless we, I guess we have had a couple of snowstorms where the wind does yeah. blow it at you. But like you that's say, true. if it's just coming down with no wind, that's all they're doing is, yep. is falling. But it looks like they're hammering your car. All right. Final subject of the night then this won't last long and we'll be right out on time do you clap left-handed with your left hand above your right hand or your right hand above your left hand my right hand above my left hand do you think that's tied into if you're left-handed or right-handed i'm right-handed i would i, I would yeah. assume it is i would assim it is i mean i'm I, do you do it right-handed over your right hand I, no, I, I'm left-handed, and I oh. do it with my left hand on top. So we'll, I'll have to widen my... And why do you notice that a lot of gay people clap straight with their hands, you know, sort of like a seal? Yes, yes, yeah. Isn't because that ironic that gay people clap straight? No, well, it's a feminine way of doing it. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, it's feminine, so... He, Clapping, Wonder you know, why, clapping. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I. Yeah, maybe because uh, uh, Marie Antoinette did it, and she got uh. filmed doing it. You know, three hundred years ago. That's a joke, everyone. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. It's just a feminine way of doing. It, I guess same thing it with is. them walking. You know, yep. how they sashay when they walk. Right. And that right. Way. That's that's how women walk. So. You know, seahorses do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Sickening. All right. All right. Well, I, I will, uh, I'll see how I can make that sponge test work. And then I'll, <laughs> I'm also going to look further into this clapping left-handed or right-handed. Because sometimes I switch just to see, and it, it's one of those things where it feels weird. Like when you fold your arms. Right. Because right. you always do it the yep. same way. Exactly. Yep. yep. Uh yeah. All right. Well, this has been excellent. Uh, first installment of the first 1,200 miles, you yep, said? Yep, 1,200 of miles. Yep. Awesome. We go, we go the extra mile for you every <laughs> week, and, and we report to increase your stockpile of wisdom on the right angle. That was easy.